Good day, all you beautiful people. I am your host, Chris Champagne. This is Toaster Tubby Time, and I am medicated for your amusement. people this is toaster tubby time i am chris and this is issue six and today i want to go through my top five movies of all times um obviously discounting uh superman 78 that's obviously a very special movie in a very different way um this is kind of more movies that spoke to me or that i thought were just really brilliantly done uh the first one is 500 Days of Summer. Not sure if you've ever seen it. I kind of geek out for the MPDG or for the layman, the Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Uh, that's your Zoe Deschanel type, your Natalie Portman type, uh, pretty much that weird quirky girl who's just all alike with different kinds of ideas and speaks differently than your main character. Uh, so yeah, Zoe Deschanel was the kind of pinnacle of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl and kind of even continues to bear that in her shows like New Girl, uh, which is canceled now, but it's the same kind of character. And let's be honest, I have not seen much that can go wrong with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, with the exception of that one brief scene at the end of Dark Knight Rises where you realize that his name was Robin, and it just kind of felt shoehorned in. But aside from that, he's still amazing. Um, especially one of my favorite Christmas movies, The Night Before. But going back to this movie, the way that it's just shot, the way that it's kind of disjointed, it does tell a relationship story that you know was going to crash and burn simply from the title. But watching them get there and watching them skip through times, it, it almost acts like your own memory when you're trying to remember relationships from your past. So I think that's really a clever and fun movie. Um, my next movie is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Uh, director Michel Gondry just kind of put together a, another weird, bizarre movie with, again, your manic pixie dream girl, but it it's another sad movie about people just trying to forget the relationships that they had, and really, ultimately, it's intriguing to see how he imagines our mind would work in those kind of scenarios where we're just trying to get rid of something. Um, most of us only have blackout drinking for that, but this is just such a fun movie. Jim Carrey, I think this is one of his best movies and really overlooked a lot of times. Uh, Elijah Wood, Kate Winslet, just everything was fantastic. The acting, the, the imagery, again, it's just kind of more an art piece, but like 500 Days of Summer before, it's really a kind of depressing movie if you think about it with just the loss of love. 
And I think a lot of people can really relate to it because a lot of people do go through loss of love and it's just, it speaks to the heart and the, the desire to want to get rid of some of these memories that just hurt too much sometimes. My number three favorite movie of all times is featuring yet another Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Um, this was the directorial debut of Zach Braff for a major motion picture, um, and he wrote it as well. I love it. It is Garden State. Um, it just has a lot of really fun characters, really uh, interesting things going on in this movie. Uh, and it's just really, really simple. Again, it does deal a lot with uh, sadness and a character who sometimes I kind of felt like at points in times because of the fact that he was over-medicated and he just was not living his life in a way that really left him feeling fulfilled until he meets his manic pixie dream girl. Uh, Natalie Portman, just a all-time favorite actress of mine. The first time I saw her in The Professional just completely blew my mind, and I kind of want to talk about that movie just a little bit, even though Garden State's the movie that I'm talking about, but The Professional just was fucking amazing. Gary Oldman was so incredibly incredibly scary. Uh, Luke Besson did a fantastic job making a weird spinoff of La Femme Nikita. Um, Jean Reno, amazing. It just, I can't even say enough about that movie. But back to Garden State. So Garden State just, I think it hit me at that right point in time. And I was a huge, huge fan of Zach Braff from Scrubs. So this was a no-brainer for me when I saw that he was making this movie, that I was dead set. I'm going to see this movie, and I'm going to see this a lot of times, and I'm going to purchase this. But it really had a good message about being honest with yourself, being honest with the people who are giving you the drugs, in this case his dad, but really kind of living your life. And now we're getting into the the meat and potatoes. Uh, we still have quite a bit of time left, and these two movies are a lot to unpack for me. Uh, the first one, which is actually number two of my top ten movies of all times, and I saw this movie in 2000, uh, so I'm going to give a little background. I saw the movie in 2000. I was living in my first apartment on my own. Um, I did not have cable. I had an internet connection uh, through telephone line, which if you don't know what that is, you're a little too young. No, I'm just kidding. You're not too young, but it was the way that we used to have to connect to the internet. And if you're seeing this, you have TikTok and you've seen probably all the Gen X and millennial stuff talking about how they had to wait till somebody was off the phone. But when you live on your own, you can do whatever you want, whenever you want. Um, at the time, I had started kind of a little side hustle. I had just turned 21 the year before, 
And I was, again, living on my own for the very first time. Money was kind of tight. I had just started in my career as a insurance person. And I was, for lack of a better term, broke as fuck. Uh, I was eating hot dogs and ramen, which was a fantastic staple when you are broke as fuck. So... I wanted to find a way where I could drink. Now, judge me if you will. I had kind of started to go to a local strip club. Yay. (laughs) But again, I was 21 and I liked boobies. So that kind of worked out well for me. I got to know the bouncer a little bit. If you can imagine the guy, he looked like Kurt Angle. Just looked like Kurt Angle, but not that whole all-American vibe to him. He was he was a funny guy, but he was not afraid to be offensive. He ended up getting promoted to the manager. Um, when he got promoted to the manager, he kind of knew me. We had talked a few times. So he offered me the opportunity whenever I wanted to. I would come in. I would not pay the cover charge. I'd do a little bit of bar backing stuff, run for the girls, go out to their cars, get CDs that they wanted for the DJ or whatever, and I would drink for free. So at 21 years old, I was drinking for free and seeing boobies pretty much regularly. It was a fantastic time for a young man. So going back to the movie, I had a friend who had come over. He brought his DVD collection with him. And he said, we have to watch Fight Club. At this point in time, I had only slightly heard of rumblings of the movie. So I'm like, what the hell? Why not? Brad Pitt, Ed Norton, Helena Bonham Carter seems pretty cool. Um, In the interim, since then, I've read the book a couple times. I've seen the movie a lot more times. And I'm probably going to talk about this in another later podcast, but Yeah, it was just the time that I was at. Um, As I mentioned previously, I was stupid about my communications, um, my communications with my parents and whatnot. So I was just that person. I felt that kind of that kind of isolation and trying to find an identity for myself. So in all of that, I really connected with the characters. the twist at the end blew my mind and the movie's been out for 21 years now. So if you don't know the twist ending, I'm still not going to tell it to you. You got to go see it. It's just fantastic. Um, the Pixies song at the end, just, it just encapsulated that whole event perfectly. And it kind of also had a little bit of a nod in its own twisted way to the, Manic Pixie Dream Girl with Helena Bonham Carter, only I'd probably call her closer to a Manic Pixie Nightmare Girl, but it really, really spoke to me at the time. Just the whole sense of isolation, the sense of finding your identity, the sense of rebelling against your parents and trying to be your own person. Um, It really fucking blew my mind when I watched that movie. Just, I was fucking floored. I 
went out the next day. I bought the movie on DVD. I watched that thing so many times and it just, it spoke to me. And that's, that's kind of what all these movies are. Um, they, they spoke to me in some way or another. My final favorite movie of all time, my number one favorite movie of all time. I was 19. The year was 1997. I had no idea about anything. I had honestly just lost my virginity a year before. I was a late bloomer. So I did not have a lot of experience in the whole world of dating. I'd only had a couple girlfriends. But when I saw Chasing Amy in the theater, I was spellbound. Uh, I was a fan of Kevin Smith. I had seen Clerks. I had seen Mallrats. And I thought they were fantastic. But once I saw Chasing Amy, I just realized that Kevin Smith can write the fuck out of a movie. And if Kevin Smith is listening, which I doubt, or if somebody knows Kevin Smith, I would love to meet him and talk to him on his podcast or my podcast. That would be so much fun. But <laughs> I'm going to stop geeking out. I have seen Kevin Smith performing live his spoken word stuff. If you ever get a chance, go see it. It's a good night of stuff. The only time I've seen him speak, we got there at about 7. He started at 7.30. We ended up leaving at 1 a.m. because we were exhausted and he was still going. So, yeah, that is money that is going to be well spent and you will be super entertained. But Chasing Amy just it, it floored me from just a perspective of dialogue, a perspective of the story that he told. And again... Joey Lauren Adams was your manic pixie dream girl straight out to the part where when they were at the bar for the first time and she gets up on stage and he's looking at her and he has those butterflies. I mean, you can almost imagine those little animated butterflies and hearts going around her as he's watching her and then her going in slow motion. But yeah, obviously that was a little too cheesy, but <laughs> watching the movie, it was it was so amazing. The scene at the diner, the scene in the rain afterwards, that just, that, that whole speech just completely fucked up my mind. And I said, I, I want to do something creative. <laughs> he was my, my muse in a way to do something creative. Um, and I'm not trying to bite on him by actually doing a podcast now. This is just me at 42 wanting to talk, but just that movie was so much to unpack the, the wanting something, the wanting the experience, the feeling inadequate and insignificant compared to, uh, people that I was meeting to, to, to date. It just, it really opened my eyes to a lot of reality and a lot of just growing and learning and experiencing because really that's what the whole thing was was experience so yeah those are my top five movies of all time in ascending order of how much i love them i, I love them all but like a parent you always have a favorite child no i'm i'm fucking around you don't have a favorite child but 
this is my child and I think I'm going to let my child go into the wild now and let you guys listen to what I have to say. Um, I'd be interested to hear what some of your favorite movies are and why. So please let me know. I will talk with you later, you beautiful beeholes. It's the way you walk, it's the way you talk, it's the way you shine. It's the way that turn in a walking on, in a walking night. It don't sound enough to follow me, and it's all over. One thing I know, this is my life.